Hello and welcome to another episode of The Clever Kids. This is a weekly podcast where three brothers take a look at a topic from popular culture that you may or may not care about. Uh, my name is Tyler. I'm joined as always by my co-hosts and brothers, Brian. Hey everybody, good to be back. And Jeffrey. How's everyone doing today? Doing all right. Um, I think it's funny that Brian said good to be back. Uh, that's multiple meetings brian hasn't been on in like over a month (laughs) um and uh we also have missed a lot of episodes recently because i've been in the process of moving and jeff's been traveling a lot and it's brian's also been traveling and you know different things life's been getting in the way of the podcast so uh it was a multi multiple meetings on that on that statement there jeff how are you doing i am doing well i just it's 7.30 right now that we're recording this, and I just got off work at 7 o'clock, and I have to be on site tomorrow at 5.15 in the morning. So um, long, long days of work, but... Yeah, well, you have to be able to afford those $500 Galactus action figures, you know what I mean? One of, I, my, my, my Square Enix Riku action figure just, uh, just shipped. I just got the notification, so... Cool. Yep. Good to know you still, you know, spending money wisely. You could have been uh, that $400 that you put into a Galactus uh, would have gotten you one share of almost one share of Tesla a couple months ago when you bought that Galactus. And right now Tesla is valued at over a thousand dollars a share. So uh, you would have made about (laughs) quite quite a bit more money. Anyway, I would have made exactly $600. No, so the shares were like uh, five ninety eight, so you wouldn't have quite afforded one, but pretty close. You know what I mean? You could have just met yourself with that, and then you would have made like four hundred bucks. And then I could have afforded Galactus. Well, you'd want to hold on to that share a little bit longer because it's probably going to c- continue to increase in value. But anyway, whatever, no big deal. Um, let's. Uh, this week we're not talking about Tesla shares uh, for the whole episode. We are going to be talking about. Um, the new uh, the new movie from from Warner Brothers got released on HBO Max and in theaters called Dune, um, directed by Denny Villeneuve. Nueve Villeneuve, not quite sure how to pronounce his name. Um, starring Timothy Chalamet, Jason Momoa. Josh Brolin, Rebecca Ferguson, Javier Bardem. Uh, what is the girl's name that is in Spider-Man? Super Zendaya. Zendaya. Oh yeah, she's just got one of those those single names, huh? Um, yeah, I'm I'm missing names there, but just one of the biggest casts I've seen in a. Oh, Dave Bautista, Stellan Skarsgård. Just genuinely a very impressive cast on this movie. Um, very ambitious movie. Uh, director of photography. Uh, what was the guy's name? Greg something. Greg, I think. Let me pull this up here. Uh, Greg Fraser is the director of photography. Uh, we can talk about him a little bit. Uh, music by Hans Zimmer. Um, just you know, really impressive cast and crew on this film. Um. Before we uh, before we get into spoilers or anything like that, I did just quickly wanted want to go through and just do quick uh, quick first impressions. 
Uh, Brian, I'm going to start with you this time because I always start with Jeff. So it's on you this time. Um, sure. Epic scale. Uh, I was ran into Tyler in the work break room this morning and I was saying I was kind of kicking myself for not going to see this one in theaters. I just bid it, have it free access to it on HBO Max. But uh, the, the scale makes me want to see this on a huge screen. Um, yeah, star-studded cast, although didn't feel like we got a ton from most of them. Um, but other than that, uh, intriguing storyline. I'd like to see that fleshed out more. Um, I, I think just in general, to put a bow on this, I felt like I got a taste of something really good and then had to put the food down. Like I didn't, I didn't get to enjoy the full meal essentially. So I guess I'm, I'm hanging my hopes on that number two is, or part two is just a banger. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, you can just jump right in on that. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think that, uh, I was talking to a friend of mine who'd also watched it and, and the way that I summarized it to him was I feel like part two is going to come out and someone's going to do an edit combining the two films and that film will be epic. Um, yeah. I, I feel like, uh, I don't know, there's just a lot that was there. I mean, it's it's Dennis Villanueva, uh, Villanueva, Villanueva, I don't know. Um, and he's very, very visually impressive with uh, his uh, implementation of cinematography in his films. And uh, I think it was a great choice to give him this film. Um, that being said, I felt like the plot was a little bit rushed. There was a lot of space in this film for just gorgeous cinematography, which I appreciated. But at the same time, I also didn't really get to know any of the characters at all. So when there are moments when a character's life is in peril, I didn't really care because I'd only known that character for less than five minutes or at least five minutes of screen time and didn't have a time to develop a, an interest in that character or a backstory or a, a general liking to them, right? There wasn't a lot of meat to each character for me to be like, oh, that's the funny one or that's the one that I relate to in this way. It was just like, oh, that character said two lines of dialogue. Oh, he's fine. Oh, oh. Um, and no, um, like for example, the, the marketing was so heavily geared towards Zendaya and she wasn't in the film for like four fifths of it. 80% of the film, she was just not there except for in his dreams or in his fever dreams. Um, and I don't know, I, I felt like uh, they kept alluding to this massive role that she was going to play later. And then that later just didn't come in this film. Um, Yeah, yeah I, just, I mean, I, I felt there's like the not, promises from the trailer are not going to be like upheld until number two. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like all the big names and, you know, this chick being touted as a main character and most of the action. It just felt like we're like now left in limbo waiting for number two. Anyway, Tyler, go ahead. Uh, I mean, I Brian, you were when we talked earlier today. I mean, you, Brian, Jeff and you just said all the same things that I was saying. It's just. I, you know, the cine cinematography was absolutely incredible. Um, the guy who, Greg Fraser, the guy who did the cinematography on this, just going through his credits earlier today, um, he's the director of photography on the on the Batman, the new one that's coming out uh, next year with Robert Pattinson. Um, he did several episodes of The Mandalorian, a show that looks incredible. Um, he did that movie Vice 
um, the one about Dick Cheney. Uh, he's the guy who he was the director of photography on Rogue One, a Star Wars story, which is my favorite. I think one of my favorite Star Wars movies, if not my favorite Star Wars movie. He was director of photography on the movie The Gambler, which was widely considered to be a very well shot film. A movie called Lion that was uh, that won Academy Awards starring uh, our man Dev Patel. Director of photography on Zero Dark Thirty, uh, which won Best Picture. Killing Them Softly, a movie with uh, Brad Pitt. Snow White, Snow White and the Huntsman, a movie that is uh, objectively bad, but nobody will ever say that that movie looks like shit. You know, it looks great. The cinematography, the way it's shot, is super cool. Um, yeah, he's just he he's been the director of photography on almost exclusively incredible movies. You know. Um, it's, it's actually an impressive resume, I have to say. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that, that shows here, you know, they make it look amazing. And like the, the set, the, the art direction is incredible. The costume design is incredible. Um, I even think a lot of the acting is really good, but everything that you guys said is true. It's just, you don't really get to know anybody and then in the moments where those people are in danger you're kind of like i don't <laughs> who gives a shit <laughs> yeah can anyone tell me anything about jason momoa's character other than he can fly a plane and fight pretty well duncan idaho yeah he's like I is think that his a... name duncan idaho yeah yeah i saw a very funny meme uh today that was like dunes one of the is wild like you got characters with names like Mubasa Kukasa, and then the other guy's name is just like Steve Williams. <laughs> it's what a true. Weird, like, what a weird. There's all name. these crazy names, and then like the main character's name is Paul. <laughs> yeah, it's like what the fuck. His mom's name is Lady Jessica. Yeah, it, and yeah, exactly. Um, dad's name is Leo Atreides, which I mean, that sounds like a guy who was cool in name. the Olympics for Greece this yeah. this year. I'll take that um, name over Paul and Jessica and Duncan Idaho. Duncan Idaho is such a wild name. <laughs> it's so whatever, funny. whatever. But the point is, is I don't know shit about his character. This this book, when this book came out, it it got the you know designation, which we've talked about in the past, of being unfilmable. Lord of the Rings was said to be unfilmable. There's a there's a lot of movie, there are a lot of books and stories that have said to be unfilmable. One of the ones. Um, that I constantly think about is uh, the comic book series Saga, which is an incredible sci-fi epic. Um, but I just I don't even know if you'll if they'll ever be able to make a movie out of it. I mean, there's you know whatever. Not going to get into it. But Dune is one of the ones that has been said to be unfilmable to the extent that there's a movie of this movie that came out in. I'm sorry. There's a movie made off of based on this book in the eighties, um, by David Lynch, uh, starring a lot of people that you've all heard of. Um, and, uh, it's widely considered to be like one of the worst film adaptations of any source material ever. And they crammed the whole book into one movie. And because of that, they have to just like move at a breakneck speed. And so the movie is just like too intense. Right. Well, this one they tried to split it up and i felt like they gave it almost too much space to the so, point that there was like yeah but also kept moving too fast like I, I don't know if there's a pacing that this could work in other than like giving denny villeneuve like a six-hour miniseries 
Well, so I was about to say one of two things. One, it seems like the logical modern day solution is you do a mini series so that you have way more time to expand your storyline, which I think I prefer for consuming content these days, like, you know, new shows or movies or whatever. Like I want to see it in episodes because I get more. I also, I do love a two hour movie, but if you're going to do something like this, which they're not even filming this movie back to back. The right. sequel is contingent on them making money off of this, and then they released it online. So they're gonna they're hurting their profit margin by a lot by not releasing it exclusively in theaters, and then they're basing the the, <laughs> the sequel on how much money it's gonna make. And that's why Denny Villeneuve is on Twitter every day, being like, "Don't watch it on HBO. Go see it in theaters. Please go see it in theaters." But they're not even it's not greenlit right now. They're not filming that's, it back to back. Yeah, that's scary. But but Which, I guess why wouldn't you film it back to back? Timothy Chalamet is like one of the hottest actors in Hollywood right now. Yeah. And well, he, yeah. dude, his his schedule is gonna like this. This sequel is not gonna come out for like ten years if it ever comes out. Yeah. The second just, the second thing I was gonna say is um, just just own it and make a four hour fucking movie. You know, like make something really long that people just know, but is gonna be long going in, so they can commit to it and just make it all like this beautiful. I talk shit about the Snyder Cut and I talk shit about the Irishman, but I sat and watched both of them all the way yeah. through. If I know it's going to be four, four hours, hours, I'm just I'm going to watch the movie. That's not a deterrent to go see the movie. It makes me want to go see it more because I'm like, what is so epic about this that it had to take four hours? And then I'm just going to plan for a four hour viewing. Yeah, you know, I don't maybe know I'll watch it in parts. Four hour movie like, in the theaters. this feels like the kind of movie where they could have just said, you know what, like this is what we got. Like we're going to go for it. You like now, you know, with them. You know, any potential changes to casting will totally throw this movie for a loop. You know what I mean? If somebody dies or, you know, has a scheduling conflict and can't do number two, like, why wouldn't you just, like, get it all done? Either do it in one movie or do it in two parts. That that seems crazy to me, and it's given me uh, very low hope that there's going to be uh, something good coming from number two now. Well, I mean, I will say... The, so it, the movie has already grossed $220 million on a, on a $170 million budget. So it's already profitable. Yeah. And no, it's only been you have out. to double the budget for it to even be broken even in Hollywood. Because if you think of they're putting $170 million into the production, um, like look at all the advertising that they've been doing. Like look at all of the marketing, everything, all the like t-shirts and all that shit. They prepay for all of that shit. So to, to break even, the general rule of thumb is double the budget. And that's before it becomes profitable. So we're looking at three hundred and forty million before it even has profit. I think it'll get there. I think they can already green light. It's more than halfway there. It's only been out yeah, for a week. Yeah, but it's not like those profits keep coming along and along and along and along. They 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 dwindle every weekend. And this is already online, and most people know how to pirate movies nowadays, or just have their friend's HBO password or whatever. You know, I mean, we. I'll have our we all watched it on HBO. I watched it twice. <laughs> once gonna, on my phone and once on my TV. I'm gonna I'm go see it in theaters. My 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 company's renting out a movie theater. We're all gonna go see it on Wednesday. Oh man, I really want to see it. I might fly down to come with you. <laughs> I really want to see it in a theater. I really wish that I I if I I had so much to do yesterday when I got back from California that I just uh I couldn't make it happen, but my plan was to go and see it in a theater uh, yesterday, but I just, I couldn't do it. And I, w- I, I feel like I probably would have liked this movie more had I seen it in a theater. 
because you have like that big theater sound system with the Hans Zimmer score. Um, See, I was going to notice there was like a lack of score for this film. Like I did not notice a lot. Or the score was like a lot of different musical styles all mixed together. Like there's bagpipes at one point. There was like, uh, like tribal chanting at another point. And like none of it really kind of like was cohesive. It was like a lot of different sounds going on all over the place. Um, Nothing really to grab onto. No like recognizable like Star Wars style, like, you know, trumpets and French horns and stuff like that. Um, Did you guys notice that they don't f- use guns? Yeah, so we'll, we can talk about that. Do uh, you guys ready to move into spoilers? Anything else you want to say in non-spoilers? Would oh, you sorry, recommend- spoiler, they don't use guns. <laughs> um, real quick before we jump into spoilers, do you recommend watching this movie, Brian? Yeah, I would. I would. I mean, it's Jeff? it's yeah. it's worth it oh, just to sorry. see it. Definitely. Sorry, Jeff. Yeah, I recommend it. I mean, it's my wife i don't know if i'll if i'll let her or if you know i'm gonna talk her make her watch it the way i do with a lot of these sci-fi things i said let like as if that's my choice that's not my choice i meant more like i'm not gonna encourage her to watch it because i don't think that she'll like it i think it was too dense and there is a lot of stuff that doesn't get explained very well um but if you're like into like weird sci-fi shit or just movies in general you know I, I recommend it at the very least. Um, let's move into spoilers. Um, answering your question there, Brian, right at the top. Um, so they had that like phase, those that phase armor, the shield, shield thing that they that they have on their wrists, right when they're fighting. Did right. you pick up on that? Yeah, what yeah, that yeah, was? yeah, yeah. So those shields block out anything that is moving fast. So like the sword fighting that they do, the knife fighting that they do is almost like a version of grappling or judo where it's like all about getting into the right position so that you can move your knife slowly in to kill because this the shield can only block things that are moving really fast but if a a knife is moving slowly through it um then that's how you can kill people through Hmm. the shield that's the idea so basically it's how um I, i did a lot of reading on frank herbert um, I tried reading this book when I was in high school and I it, 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 I felt the same way about it that I felt about the first Game of Thrones book. Um, I just did not like the writing style. I didn't like how dense everything was. I just found it like really kind of a slog. Uh, I really struggled with it. So I, I didn't even finish the book. Um, so today I did a lot of reading on his ideas or his ideals um, as he puts them into his writing. And one of the things that he was really trying to do was focus on how humanity would develop in the future rather than like how technology would develop in the future, which is um, why there's no robots or computers. Did you catch on to the idea of like, they, they called them thinking machines at one point and how they were banned. Basically there was a, there was a war. There's a war 10,000 years in our future or 15,000 years in our future and 10,000 years in their past. So they're about 25,000 years ahead of us right now. Right. Um, where we already had gone to war with the artificial intelligence. <laughs> we, so in their past, there's already been like a Terminator style war um, against artificial intelligence and, and robots. And after that uh, galactic wide or galaxy wide, they, they put a ban on building artificial intelligence or allowing computers to be any more powerful than like, being able to help them start an engine on a motorcycle or on, on their helicopters or whatever. You know what I mean? So that's why there's not like big computer screens or anything like that in this. Um, 
another thing that he didn't want to deal with was having to explain how the technology leaps of like laser guns and all that is used so he's like uh let's put everyone back into sword fighting there are laser guns in this movie um they're just not as widely used uh as other things um it's kind of a fascinating fascinating concept i mean you don't really see films that explore us surviving like an ai war in the future or like to the point that or, they're like they barely even address it they just kind of say it in passing and well, i because it's so like, what long is the ago Butlerian by war? their thing well and like you also don't see you know futuristic stories where we like almost like in some ways backtrack in our technology you know like the fact that they're still fighting with swords like as soon as i saw that i was like what you guys don't have you know I don't know, machines that are more destructive than a blade at this point. Like, this is a little ridiculous. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so that part kind of stuck with me. I didn't I didn't have that explanation because they don't talk about that in the movie, the whole moving slow to stab each other thing that I saw it all. But so they that's the part it. that I struggled with this movie. Josh Brolin mentions it to him. He says it's the slow blade that pierces the shield or something like that. Okay, I um, missed it. That's a pretty easy right. thing to miss. See, that's the thing. They just, they move. It's Denny Villeneuve trying to be, clever and like tell you tell like show not tell kind of thing right so he just kind of casually references it but I, like i had to look it up because like i don't understand what that means like oh like why don't they use guns i had the same question um speaking of josh well does anyone else jeff did you have thoughts on that the shield thing or no i thought it was cool i understood it perfectly i thought it was great <laughs> Nothing gets past you, huh? I paid attention. <laughs> I've never seen Brian's eyes go that far into the back of his head before. <laughs> um, yeah, man, I, uh, I I struggled with that, but, you know, whatever. It's Frank Herbert. I mean, it's a cool idea. Like, his idea is, like, let's go into the future and see how humans would evolve. He was more interested in, like, how caste systems would work and, like, this idea of, like, religion's intersection with, like, money and power and like taking an examination of what that could look like in a sci-fi world and I actually do think that that's an interesting concept and i do think that this book and movie explores that in kind of a unique way that i've never seen before um i don't know if it 100 percent works in the movie <laughs> until i like understood that that's what he was going for and then i was like oh that's what those witches were up to i get that um did you understand the breeding program situation that the 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 what were they called? The Bella? The De- the Jenna something? It was... Yeah. What, yeah. Lady Jessica's organization yeah. thing? Ben, no, ben, I did not understand Ben Genesi or something like that. Ben Genesi. That's right. Like, was, at a casual observation, I... Jessery. I was like, uh, okay, so Lady Jessica got some witch powers, and she had a baby that has, like, even more profound witch powers, and they're testing him to see if he's Neo... Uh, and he passed. Yeah, that's essentially right. So they're part of a, um, basically a religious order that operates in the shadows. Nobody really knows how powerful they actually are. They think that they're just some sort of like magic witches that work alongside like the, the heads of the powerful houses, like the, the Atreides and the Harkonnen, uh, and like the, uh, the emperor has one too. Um, and they've been operating for thousands and thousands of years, uh, creating breeding program, which is selectively guiding house, the, the, the powerful houses to have 
babies so basically like the like the harkonnens have a baby with the atreides and these people have a baby with these people and those two babies have a baby and that make and like basically they're breeding like the perfect baby uh that's going to be this like magical neo type the one who's going to guide human race through you know whatever and the idea was that the harkonnens were supposed to have a boy and the the Atreides were supposed to have a girl, and they were gonna mar- have the the baby boy from the Harkonnens marry the baby girl from the Atreides. But instead, Lady Jessica gave Leo Atreides a son, and that's Paul. And so Paul is actually the perfect baby that they've been trying to breed. Um, but he's one generation too early, which is why they're mad at her about it. Um, hmm. Which didn't pick that up. <laughs> Yeah, no, exactly. I didn't catch it's, that it's a lot of stuff. Well, I don't know. We're probably going to pick up on that in the second movie. So spoilers for the second movie. Sorry, everyone. But now they're but, forcing me to go back and rewatch the first one to try to grasp that concept, which is a mistake. Well, they they didn't really explain it in this one, which is kind of the problem of splitting a book into two movies. Is because right. when I started to try to go back and do research so I could understand this one, I came across the answers for the second one, and I'm like, oh, okay. So now that movie's ruined for me because I was just trying to understand this movie. Uh, so sorry, I had to bring you into that. Uh, well, I didn't mean to. I didn't really think about it until I was done saying it. But still, I just there's there's a lot of really high concepts that I think falter because they split it up, right? Um, I read an article that when this movie was released, I mean, when this book was first released in in the uh, the mid seventies, um, uh, people Arthur C. Clarke himself, um, prolific science fiction author. Uh, called it the the lord of the rings of science fiction and there's like 10 of these books of the dune series there's a lot i have read through all of the plot synopses of all of them today um and uh yeah i mean i think it is i think it is the the lord of the i mean it's just it's a very very weird low sci-fi but high concept right it's not like super technical star trek style science fiction it's very like is paul the protagonist of all 10 books i think he's the protagonist of like the first three and then the fourth one is about his son and then i don't you know i don't know and then apparently you are reading very closely well dude there's a lot i read it through a lot anyway let's go back to this movie um, what did you guys think of the actors? Uh, Brian, you had something to say about wh- one of them in particular, so maybe we could start there. Yeah, his main character, I he was giving me uh, Kristen Stewart in Twilight vibes with his inability to convey emotion. I mean, there was like, look, to some extent, I'll have to give credit that I think teenagers at times will not express emotion very well, or they'll be not great at you know communicating it effectively. However, for him to be going through the things that he's going through and to never really go beyond like this like calm, chilling, like like he had one moment in the tent out in the dunes where he like yells at his mom. And that was like his best like actual acting moment in the movie. Other than that, he just is very even keel the whole time. And I'm like, yo, like your entire civilization just got roasted in a night, like your dad's dead. Like, you're on the run, and all you got for me is one shouting moment, like, where you shout, and then you go right back to just being chill. Like, 
it just felt like he wasn't giving a lot. And I don't know if that was just like by design, like if Paul's supposed to be, maybe that's part of being the perfect baby is that you're so perfect with your emotions that you don't experience them or something or you're <laughs> perfect control of them. But there's just something was missing there. It just felt like for this kid that's uh, Tyler has hyped as the next Leo DiCaprio. Um, you know, I saw better acting in uh, what's eating Gilbert grape. So, I mean, I'll say this. Uh, is an underrated performance by Leonardo DiCaprio, though, actually. Like, he actually uh, sells that. I thought he might have actually had mental problems when I first saw that movie. I was like, is he challenged? I don't understand. I'll, I'll say this um, about, about Timothy. Um, Timothy. I've watched, I've, watched, I've watched a couple of his films, and I'll say that I think Dennis just didn't bring out the best performance from him. And now that I reflect on Denny. the 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 Dennis Villanueva films that I've seen – he doesn't bring out a lot of the best acting performance out of out of, out of his actors. Um, like I mean, when I, I don't think know. of Sicario, you didn't like Sicario. I mean, Emily. Blunt I, I'm picturing like Blade Runner. I'm picturing like Blade Runner. I mean, yeah, I think that he he definitely puts like a coldness or like a a removal. Dude, from... Gosling and Blade Runner is a perfect example. Like he's just super chill the whole time. And it's like right. dude, it's a lot of fucked chill, up shit's like, happening. He's a robot in that one. Sure, but so Jared Leto. Jared Leto's also sense. just like this weird dude that just is silent and like it's just like he just has this totally. this type. It, like he constantly has this this lack of emotion throughout his films, which it's is fine. Arrival, Arrival has some pretty good emotion in it. I feel like, but uh, I think you have Amy Adams. What you guys don't uh, don't see it? No, don't I like think she's film. more the same, right? Isn't she more the same, just kind of chilling? I can't believe you don't like Arrival. I hate Arrival is you good. Don't like Arrival, Arrival's it's good. So good. I watched it again <laughs> recently and was like, Jeff is wrong. This movie's amazing. It's so stupid. Yeah, it's like, a good movie. No, it's not stupid. You're stupid. Yeah, you're wrong. You're you're, you're objectively wrong. wrong about that one. It is <laughs> not. It is like that movie is great. It's like is we're so stripping good. you of your opinion on Arrival. That's <laughs> you guys can have altering opinions. Why does it matter that I that I not, not agree with no. you? Your opinion I, has been. I just removed. find the yeah, the, no. the entire plot line re- resides in the fact that this woman can experience time non-linearly. I think that non-linear time. <sighs> does not does not exist i don't think there's such a concept that my, that's my mind blowing if you can't hear that sound that that doesn't yeah. make what? sense that that like, i understand that oh you it doesn't make sense to you because you're experiencing time linearly you can't picture a co- that's stupid i that's just want to be definition. clear and they your do. favorite superhero is a man who can channel his energy into his fist and make it glow so that he can punch through walls and shit they literally that doesn't show exist either jeff to help mankind unite so that we can help them in, save them in the future. Like what? Yeah. Like it's a good what? Movie. We're not talking about that right now. But I think that like Jeremy what? Renner has moments of the in that movie where I'm like, that seems like genuine emotion. It doesn't. It seems like realism rather than like that one's fine. You know, like but it doesn't. Hyper, it doesn't save Timothy point. Chalamet's performance. Sure. No, I think that this movie specifically is almost entirely devoid of any emotional connection, which also speaks to the part where. When characters are dying, like spoiler alert, when Duncan Idaho dies, I was like, I don't give a fuck that this character is dying. Am yeah, I supposed to care me. that he's didn't going af- off? Like you barely know him. To. Well, and guess what? Timmy Chalamet goes no, and then all right, and back to normal. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll say this though. I, I think the heart of this film. I mean, again, I think that we could have used more moments from it, but at least the dialogue between uh, Leo and his son Paul. I think that Leto. I think I've been saying it wrong this whole time. But anyway, Oscar Isaac's character, Atreides. like his his attitude towards his son was 
I don't know. Great. I, I loved the the non-traditional familiar pressure where he's like, you don't want to leave the family? Then fucking don't. Go be yourself. They'll still love you. Like I was just like, yeah, it's, we need more of that um, <laughs> representation in Hollywood. Of, of Hey, they went through that uh, 2021 awareness, like awakening. Yeah, I haven't read the book, so I can't speak to, to how the father actually behaves in the book. But fathers, I'll say that fathers in that time have 25,000 years of uh, emotional I think that Oscar maturity. Isaac nailed that performance i think that he did a great job of being a man who cares for his family he was the best character he was the best character and he went out like a boss like by bar none like jason momoa's whole thing with the fight i was like oh he's gonna give a badass fight he's gonna get away and then he died and i was like oh that's a bummer all right so anyone else feel like the action was like really lame in this i could like i was having trouble following it i just i did not think it looked very cool it just looks like they're all like thrashing with their arms like in tight like they're all just like, and I'm like, I can't tell what's going on. There's too much blue and red flashing, and like, you can't really yeah, see the fighting. There's, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what my issue. I was like, this shield fighting thing. I think it's supposed to be more, more cool and unique. But like, the way that they're all fighting, I think that the the stunt choreographers had their work cut out for them because the idea is that you're supposed to be doing like these quick, short moves so that you can get the knife into position so that you can move slowly through the shield, right? So it's like. It's a lot of like posturing and posing to get into the right location. And so I think that their movements all show that that's what they're trying to do because it's all close quarters fighting. But because of the way that they did that, it almost is impossible to shoot in a way that makes it look it's cool. It's super like muddy fighting. Like you can't really see what the hell is happening. I'll like, also it's just say though, flurry of movement. You like, have no idea what's happening. I understood the concept of, you know, oh, fast things get blocked by the shields. But then you also have scenes of like Jason Momoa cutting through like three or four dudes just with like heavy swings and I was you know just like, what what the you know fuck? what's funny you guys haven't seen c on apple tv but he has the same sword fighting style in, in both like where he holds that sword like almost like knife style you know what i'm talking oh, about really? yeah. yeah he does that in c and, and in c it really translates well it's badass like the way he fights blind is sick because he drags it along on the ground to help him like not only know where he's going but to like mislead other people that he's fighting and it's it's pretty badass how it translates in the middle of a fight and it's just really cool because he's got this unique style where he's not fighting he's almost fighting like the uh the apes in planet of the apes where they hold the swords down you know what i'm talking about and they don't they don't hold them out like a human would they hold them like down hmm. do you remember what i'm talking about where the guy has the the swords not down? In, not in Planet of the Apes, but... Um, so, anyway, I'm talking about the, uh, the the Mark Wahlberg Planet of the Apes. I should have been more clear. Sorry, I forgot there's oh. like four, four other ones now. <laughs> I definitely don't remember anything from that movie. Okay, so go back and watch that one. You're sleeping on it, but... Uh, nope, I will not be doing that. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg Academy Award on that one, but... Uh, no, no so, one thinks that. But anyway, I, I just had this thought... I just had this thought in... Um, in this, when I saw him kind of like turn his sword upside down, I was like, okay, so did he just get the same like uh, choreographer from C or did he just learn that style and go, I'm not going through any more training classes. I'm just going to keep running with this because people think it's cool. You know, I just kind of thought it was interesting that they would pick the same style for him. Yeah, I wonder if that's from the book. Um, let's talk about Jason Momoa. I mean, did uh, I, I actually kind of liked him more in this than I think I've liked him in any. I watched Aquaman the other day um on the on the plane ride uh and i don't know why i watched it but i I was like oh this is i'll just download this and i watched it and uh i did that movie is bad a bad movie it's very fun and very crazy like there's so much happening but it is a terrible terrible film (laughs) um 
watching him in this though i was like oh this actually seems like it's maybe just like just jason momoa you know what i mean like he's not super crazy ripped he doesn't have the beard he like shaved his head or his face and he he looks like he looks handsome but he looks almost like kind of just like a big normal guy he's not like this like beast of a man who's like chiseled out of stone or anything like that you know what i mean um and uh he kind of just seemed like he seemed like a guy that timothy chalamet would look up to and want to be friends with you know what i mean like how he like runs up and he like hugs him and like lifts him up off the ground and is like what's up buddy and all that kind of shit like some teenage kid would be like oh this guy's like my hero he's like this cool soldier who likes me yeah you know? i just thought to myself don't try to take a photo with him you're gonna have a bad time <laughs> Uh, I don't. I think that episode got lost. I don't think anyone yeah. knows what we were talking about there. Oh, really? I think so. But uh, we tried to get a photo of Jason Momoa, and it was a total train wreck, and not worth, like, literally not worth them paying me to do. <laughs> and we no, paid. I, yeah, well, I didn't pay for shit. Uh, but mom paid. Our our mom paid. <laughs> our mom lost money on that deal. Um, that, was, that was bad. Yeah, it was a bad. That was a bad time. Um, not not on Jason. Not a reflection of him. More just the the situation but also fuck you jason <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at least um, at least josh a brolin, small small reflection on jason Momoa. but yeah josh brolin. josh brolin is in this movie um could have been any fucking person in the world he was in it for like two minutes had like three or four lines and then disappears do we see him die no i i genuinely watched this movie twice just shows no him idea cutting what some pulls down and then and then it pans away um yeah uh who else is in this movie uh the guy who played pokebot polka dot man david dusmalkian was in this movie <laughs> yeah and the harkonnens are funny like in then uh um super weird that what the hell's the main guy's name creature thing what's the uh, stellar Norwegians? skateboard scars uh, guard yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah his character was repulsive but at the same time, actually pretty So good. fucking weird and gross. Gross, dude. Bathing in, in oil. Yeah, that oil bath the whole time. So, <laughs> so I will say this, from what I've looked up about the 1984 Dune, is they did not hold back on the Harkonnens. Apparently the Harkonnens are like this depraved fucking species um, in the book. And they, like, uh, David Lynch Basic. really leaned into the depravity of their of their race. And, and uh, Villanueva t- toned it down a lot. You know what? So, you know what like, you don't get any Dave Batista throughout like most of it. Why cast him? Why even cast these big ass names if they're going to be used so he and small? Like, that must are going to be going hard the, at each other in the next movie. That must have blown the budget way out of proportion casting these like these are some of the most famous people in Hollywood, some of the most in-demand actors currently working right now. And you got all of them in one movie. For them all to get 10 minutes of screen time and then yeah. just not be in the rest well, of the movie. And that's what I'm saying. Brolin and Dave Batista are going to give you a big action scene in number two, I think. Well, the main the main Harkonnen that, you ha- that we deal with in the next one is Fade, which is the guy who's played by Sting in the 1984 version or 1982 version or whatever, David Lynch's version. And so it's just a nu- it's another Harkonnen character who takes over for Dave Batista's character. So I don't think Dave Batista is going to be in the next one, next one very much. I think that they're going to all change. They're going to cast someone else to play Fade, who's like the same age. He's the boy who was born at the same time as Paul, who was supposed to be the father of like the you know the the Neo of this world, right? 
So he's he easily could have been. So he's like you know equal power to Paul Atreides. He's like the the dark side of Paul Atreides, right? Um, his name's Fade Harkonnen, F E Y D. Um, and yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's just this movie was very disappointing. I've been excited about this movie for like three years since I first heard that Danny Villeneuve was attached because I really like him a lot. I think that he's a really talented director. I think that he made some interesting choices in this movie. They're not choices I would have made, I think, personally, but they're also – I don't think they were bad. I just – Well, it's interesting, I, I just, right? I wanted this movie to be something other than it was. When you know? when they released the, the news of the final cut of what the, the runtime was going to be, the theatrical cut was going to be, Dave Bautista was surprised. He said in an interview that, they, he, that they'd filmed uh, enough footage for them to easily make a four-hour cut of this film. Yeah. I'm interested to see if they're going to do like, I hope that number two gets greenlit. I do as much as I, you know, this one disappointed me. I will be so upset if I don't get to finish like the, like just to see the rest of this story in his vision. You know, I want, I want to know what he's going to do with this with, you know what I mean? I want this to be at least completed, you know, because I liked it enough, even though I was super disappointed that's only because I had such high expectations because I like him so much. And I think that this, like this story is interesting enough. And I've heard so much about Dune and I'm, I'm, I was already aware of most of the stuff I've been talking about, about this just because of how prevalent Dune is in pop culture. You know, it's a, it's a big deal. And I, I was just, I really wanted this to be something absolutely incredible and mind blowing. Like Lord of the Rings was when I first saw it, you know what I mean? And, uh, even though I was disappointed, it was still a good movie. I still don't think it was a bad, like a waste of time. I've, I've already watched it twice and I watched it for the first time yesterday at like 8 PM. <laughs> um, I, uh, you know, I, I did like it. There's just, and there's a lot to unpack. I hope that they get, he gets a director's cut, like a special edition where he's able to do two four hour cuts. Of this Not movie. even just, just a director's like, cut. Just give us the second part of the film, which isn't guaranteed currently. So, I definitely want the second part of the of the story. Uh, it would be such a travesty if we never get it. It would be one of those things in Hollywood where, you know, it just gets talked about forever. Um, I honestly think that the fact that it didn't get greenlit and they aren't doing the second one back to back is like such a bad sign. I just I don't even know if we're ever going to get it. I'm, I'm genuinely like worried that we're never going to get it, um, mm. which sucks. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Any anything else that we want to talk about? I mean, I don't, I I don't like, think there's much more to talk about in this one. To be honest with you, yeah, I don't know. There, yeah, I I, I really don't know. Um, I do really quickly want to say I thought Rebecca Ferguson was great. I always think that she's great. Um, just uh, cool. Let's move into uh, recommendations. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess Jeff. Well, did you have something else? No, I mean, it's just other stuff that we had been kind of putting off over, uh, like we were going to talk about Squid Game, but we can just cover that a different week. No, let's talk about Squid Game during this. Okay. Quickly. Uh, I don't have a lot to say about it. Do you guys have a lot to say about it? Uh, what did you think about it, Tyler? I liked it. I enjoyed it the whole way through. It had a good, um, it had a good story. It had a good mystery bit to it. Uh, I like that it even at the end of it, you kind of feel like it resolved itself, but at the same time, you're like, 
what the fuck was that? There's still so much more. Like, what's going on? Yeah, you know, you you want to know more about it for sure. But um, I think I had a good setup for the second season. Um, it was extremely violent, uh, like a really fucked up parable for, about modern society. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed it. How did you guys watch it? Did you watch it with the uh, subtitles on in Korean or did you watch the dubbed version? Dubbed. Yeah, I watched it in dub too, mostly because my wife doesn't like. I thought that was pretty well done too. Like usually I find that extremely jarring. And this time I was like, actually, I can believe that, like I can take myself out of it and believe that they're just saying that, you know. But um, I guess I'll just jump into my thoughts. Um, I was hyped on it at first. I still really liked it. Highly recommend you go see it. I'm sure most people listening already have because it's like the most popular Netflix show of all time by now. Um, by, by, By a long way. What, yeah, it's crazy. Um, crazy. But I will say I'm catching myself with a realization that I think I got caught swept up in the hype a little bit. There's there's something – there's this novelty about Netflix especially where you know a new show or something starts catching steam and it's just fun to be watching something that other people are watching. Like especially when you're spending a lot of time with coworkers and everyone's watching Tiger King together and like crazy things are happening episode after episode and like everyone's talking about it while it's fresh like there's something fun about that and I had a coworker that was watching Squid Game at the same time I'd get in every morning at 6am and we'd sit there and talk Squid Game and I had these theories about the old man I the whole time I thought the old man was was uh, the main character's dad and was in the game to like be his guardian <laughs> angel I had like this whole theory about the old man um, and he had already seen it so he was kind of like enjoying like stoking the fire but not, not giving it enough away and but now I, I look back and I'm like, it was good. It was highly entertaining, um, but it didn't blow my mind from like a creative perspective. It wasn't like something that I was like, well, that was like so, like innovative and different. Like, no, it, it, it attacked a lot of the same tropes that I think like Hunger Games attacks, which is like, you know, rich people, you know, f- f- having a new way to entertain themselves. Oh, let's finance a, a game where poor people get killed for our amusement. You know what I mean? And like, I, I just it didn't like when I look back now I'm like eh, I felt like I've seen that storyline before although um, it was it was fun to to watch you know it as a, a like the Korean take on it and it was fun to kind of see these Korean actors you know do such a good job and and um, yeah so looking back it, it didn't blow my mind you know it wasn't like groundbreaking stuff but it was it was highly entertaining so highly recommend it. Yeah, I think that that's true though of everything, right? Like we watch like watching Game of Thrones when you know every week we you know you go into work and be like everybody saw it. All right, let's break down what happened in this episode. You know what I mean? And then the season ends and you're like, did I even like that season? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think Brian I just Jeff, summarized. You... I, th- I think Brian just summarized in general pop culture. Like it's fun to be a part <laughs> of the crowd. Um, yeah, well, welcome yeah. to I, I popular think... culture, Brian. <laughs> I think the show is fun. Um, I think it's a good thought exercise. It, it does have uh, a good premise. I think I, I was talking to someone there saying that the the writer of the show had wished that there won't be a second season um, because he doesn't want to explore the concept anymore. He said he doesn't want to do a prequel or a sequel, uh, but chances uh, are he's going to get paid a fuck ton to write it. So uh, I don't know about that. I know that he shopped the first. He shopped this around for ten years. He wrote this initially as a feature length film and had been trying to get someone to let him make it for 10 years and then 
changed it, rewrote it like a bunch of times over those 10 years and finally got Netflix to sign on. And then, yeah. And then look at, look at that. It makes like, as someone who has written a lot and has tried to get, you know, different things published here and there and you get your, you get denied and you get, you know, whatever rejection letters and stuff like that. Um, it is kind of like when you hear stories like this or like JK Rowling with Harry Potter and how she got like, you know, rejected by every major publisher that she went to and ended up publishing through like a small local British printing press and shit like that. And, you know, to see this guy take this around for 10 years and then have one of the most successful television shows of all time, you know, is it's, you know, it, it makes you feel like you could maybe get, make, maybe you could do things not that i ever will but maybe maybe i will um i did enjoy that the that the final victory of the season was one bet on you know humanity in general like um i don't know i think there's just a, a good moral there at the end when he finally sees the old man again and uh they make the bet on whether or not the homeless person will be saved before midnight um i enjoyed that that's what my favorite highlight of the show for me um yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's good, entertaining, uh, definitely worth yeah. the watch. Um, I'll say I finally finished Titans Season 3. Um, Are we jumping one... into recommendations right now, or is Squid Game already part of that? Squid Game was a part of that. Oh, keep I mean, going. We just Sorry, kind of dude. Keep moved going. it in. You're good. Um, so Titans Season 3, uh, not great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just by the still, like the the ad on HBO Max, I just look at it and I'm like, I just feel like this is not good. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that that Titans. It's a bummer because I actually thought the first season was pretty good. I was gonna say um, the season one was probably the best one. I season two was okay. Season I started three watching bad. season two and I was like, you guys are wasting like one of the biggest like like what like I just I don't know how nobody can use Deathstroke in a way that makes Deathstroke cool. Like every time they use him in anything, I'm like, he looks fucking stupid. And then they did it with Titans, and I like literally halfway through the season, I was like, "I'm done. You're ruining like one of the coolest characters in comic books right now. Like, I'm over it." So yeah, season three, the ending is the worst fucking thing I've ever seen, man. It's up there with like CW bullshit. I just I don't understand how people are allowed to write this bullshit. Um, Already has season four greenlit, and season four got greenlit, and I'm probably gonna watch it. But (laughs) (laughs) you're like Tyler with Big Bang Theory. I fucking hate it. It's the worst thing in my life. So (laughs) I just want to put a nail in my brain. I just watched another season. So so moving on to my actual recommendations, Doom Patrol. Remember a single thing about that show? I just want to say that. Doom Patrol (laughs) season three. Uh, It has I think seven episodes out right now. Um, Super entertaining. It's such a weird eclectic TV show. Um, yeah, and I'm still not even through season two on that show. But so I, I did really like all of season one. So, so season two, they the the ending, the final episode never got released because of COVID. They only put nine right. out of the ten episodes. That's fucked up. And so they cover the final like climax of the of the like that final episode. They cover it in like 45 seconds of the first episode. At the first episode, season three, it's just like everything gets wrapped up instantly, and you jump right back into. It's just like what the fuck. Whatever uh, they had to do it. Right? Yeah, and it was just comical but um it's entertaining i'm liking what they're doing season three they finally introduced as a spoiler um the brain um who is like one of the stereotypical villains from the comic books um yeah uh my hero academia film comes out this friday i'm gonna go see it and i have started watching malcolm in the middle which is a show i've never actually watched before and i'm loving it really that movie that show is so mid 90s it is crazy it's fantastic 90s, that show plot is. twist the dad ends up uh cooking meth 
<laughs> New Mexico with a completely In New Mexico, family. he becomes a biology teacher. It's, it's this whole thing. Anyway. So you guys should in, watch that's it. That's in the it's sequel. <laughs> chemistry. That's in the sequel. I think you uh, guys... Breaking Bad. I think you guys are going to kick out of it. It's very entertaining. It's given. It's I watched me laugh. probably most of that show while it was coming out. I was just on all the time. And so like, I watched a lot of reruns as it was like still airing, you know, and I saw a lot of it. It is pretty funny. Um, I don't know if I will ever go back and watch it. I think it's two nineties. It's like two, like the weird camera angles, the weird intro song. That's <laughs> like weird nineties, like punk style cuts. And for, really for those of you like at home strange. who are unfamiliar of, of Malcolm in the Middle need, need a convincing, uh, the premise is about a, a kid who's got two older brothers. The oldest one is a degenerate and the uh, second oldest one is an idiot. And, uh, yeah, I, I relate to that show. I was going to say, he has a younger you brother, too. Both You're skipping some features here. <laughs> Their family is poor, which is not true of us. <laughs> anyway, we ready for mine? Because I got a great one today. Yeah, uh, Jeff, here, Brian. Are you done? Sorry, I'm I got dead. two. I'm done. Go ahead, Brian. Cool. Uh, I'll keep it brief. Uh, finished first uh, The Way of Kings in the Stormlight Archives. Uh, Jeff, I got to give it to you, man. It's the best recommendation I've ever been given. That book is awesome. God, I, I'm not joking around. There's no punchline. I loved it, and I. Um, I'm not doing this, guys. We're not doing Brandon. <laughs> Dude, <Stevenson>. it's <laughs> We're good. not doing it. I'm it's not, really no. good. I have like three. I just unpacked all of my books, uh, moving into my new house. And I've unpacked the stack of Brandon Sanderson books that Jeff keeps leaving at my house every time he comes to visit. And I was like, I'm never going to get around to these. Dude, I, I tr- and I have too yeah. many books. I have two bookshelves filled with books. And I've read almost all of them. But these Brandon Sanderson novels that Jeff keeps leaving are taking up half of a shelf on their own. <laughs> yeah. Uh, long story short, uh, I tried like six times to start and would read the same chapter, the first chapter over and over again and then put it down and forget because I didn't read it for two months. I finally pushed through and kept going. Jeff got me the first book as like a, a, a gift on uh, audiobook, And I was having a hard time listening to that because I didn't understand the characters because I hadn't been reading it uh, like on pages. And so once I pushed through a couple of chapters, was 100 or 200 pages in, I started listening to the audiobook, And suddenly I was able to like retain a lot of the information even though I was working because I knew the characters and knew their situations so it was easier to kind of keep up and uh, from there I've just been consuming it every day Um, so now I'm at a point where I'm like god I need to start book two but now I'm just you know waiting for my birthday (coughs) waiting for my birthday (laughs) two weeks anyway Um, and then uh, and then last one for me right Uh, last one for me um Anna and I are uh, started The Leftovers last night. I saw it. I watched it by myself. I love that show. Uh, it's only three seasons long. It's a quick hitter banger. Uh, mind fuck. And I'm going back through it again. And I'm excited because it's been a long time. And I'll, I'll keep you guys in the loop as that continues. This is a show that when it was coming out, a lot of people were saying was the best show they'd ever seen. Brian, you were one of those people who told me this is like one of the best shows I that's love ever that been show. on TV. Yeah. Uh, it is um, written and produced by uh, some familiar faces, uh, the guys who created Lost, whose names I cannot think of right now. Um, they're like a production partnership. Um, 
I don't necessarily love the things that they do. Lost was one of the most disappointing uh, TV experiences of my life. Um, and so I and I tried watching The Leftovers and I just I thought it was fucking boring. See, and <laughs> I, I and I like I like Lost, so I think it's just if you like it, yeah. you like it. I know. Yeah, I think that I mean, I, most people would agree with you that The Leftovers is incredible. I just did not I did not it did not grab me. Um Man, I'm really bad at this recommendations thing. I never, like, I, I need to start writing my shit down again. Cause I, I always forget. Well, just stockpile um, it for next time. Well, I, that's the thing. We haven't talked on here in a while. And I feel like I've watched a lot and read a lot and done a lot. And I can't think of a single, single thing. Um, you should watch Brandon Sanderson or read Brandon Sanderson. Uh, I'll, I'll watch Brandon Sanderson. You know, they I need to make that into a movie. Brandon Sanderson, the person. Um, or just he, him writing that book, I'm sure it was thrilling. He has a, <laughs> he has a YouTube channel where he talks about um, like writing and story building and and uh, world building and things like that. Um, that I actually do watch a lot of his videos. He's really really smart, and a lot of his references are all like you know like original. Uh, star trek original series and like all these different things that i'm like oh i'm way up on all the same things that you like brandon sanderson like he he like he references all the shit that i like grew up loving and and i'm like god damn it like maybe i do need to read this guy's books <laughs> he knows all that he's saying all the he's speaking my language he just like randomly start talking about batman I'm like what the fuck what's happening right now um oh speaking of which let's quickly do you guys have a little bit more time yeah, I, I got to hop here um, pretty quickly. But what are you thinking? Did you watch the the Batman trailer? No, the new one. Okay, no. Jeff, what did you think? I thought it was great. I mean, I definitely you know more of the same kind of visuals that we saw in the previous trailer, but um, definitely got me hyped for the film. I remember uh, when the when the previous DC fandom dropped. Tyler, I was at Tyler's house and we watched the trailer on repeat like six times. Um, I'm sure he yeah. did it at the same time with this trailer as well. I've watched it, uh, you know, like a hundred or two times. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I thought it was good. I'm excited about that movie. Um, what about uh, the Flash one? Did you watch that? Yeah, I'm less excited, but still interesting premise. Um, looks looks good. I'm I'm you know they didn't really show us a lot, but I'm, I mean, I'm interested I, to I see what they do. Like the visuals that they have with the with the uh, the DC uh, cinematic universe. Um, Flash. Like I think, while you guys had huge problems with his slow motion in Snyder Cut, I I enjoyed the cinematography aspect of this guy who can just stop time and witness, I don't know, chaos. Um, sure. Um, what about Black Adam? I mean, we only saw Did a quick you... teaser, right? It was yeah, but it looked cool. Yeah, look good. I mean, uh, he uh, disintegrated a human being with his hands. <laughs> I think that I think the the Rock has the potential to. I mean, talk about a perfect casting. I think the Rock has the potential to literally knock that. It looks out of the exactly cast. like the character, in my opinion. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, there was a few more things that came out of DC fandom, but nothing that was like that major that needed to be covered. Um, so with that, I think that we can just wrap this episode up. Um, what did you think of Dune, and are you excited about a potential part two? Um, let us know. Uh, reach out to us, cleverkidspodcast at gmail.com or at cleverkidspod on Instagram. Um, otherwise, uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we will see you next week. 
Uh, Thanks. Next week, a movie, another movie is coming out. What is it? Anyone remember? Nope. Nope. Oh. We'll cover a mystery movie. No, 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 no. It's a big one. Hold on. I'm going to pull this you up. You don't remember one. either? It's By Hero Academia. It. Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of. Um, it's called World Heroes Mission. My Hero Academia. Hades no, is trying to tell I think... us. <laughs> oh my god, this is so stupid. Um... Yeah, I have no idea. Oh, uh, so it's November fifth. Is Eternals? Oh, oh, is that next weekend? <laughs> All right, guys, thanks for listening. Okay. <laughs> Wait, are we not gonna watch that? We are. It's yeah, that next weekend. It. Damn, this is the longest outro ever. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm gonna cut some of it out. We only just no, hit not. an hour on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks everybody. Don't. Okay, Bye. whatever. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>